Welcome to Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here, as always, with my friend and Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. Hey, Father Len. Hey, Irish. So, Father Len, we have a few questions today from our listener, Sandy, in Phoenix. Uh, It's about something that I think is really foundational to our faith, forgiveness. Uh, It's mentioned in, you know, countless times in the Bible. And so Sandy asks, what is forgiveness? What does it mean? Are we to forgive someone who has done harm to someone we love? Irreparable harm. And then she goes on to, to ask, how does one forgive something so tragic? I could always say the words, I forgive, but I won't really mean it. You know, there's a lot here, Father Len. Um, yeah, there where would you like to start? Well, that's actually three questions. You know, what is forgiveness? How do we forgive? And why do we forgive? And I guess I'd start by um, more, I guess, on the what of what is forgiveness. But to be honest, I Slate magazine came out in 2015 calling this the age of anger. And I really think it still is the age of anger. Uh, anger defies, defines everything. Our politics, the way we drive, our Facebook posts, our religion. I think we've become a very angry society. And then I personally find a lot of religious people baptizing anger and calling it righteous anger. Um, but how, do you ba- how do you baptize anger? <laughs> exactly. There is no way. <laughs> Uh, it just makes an excuse for anger by calling it righteous anger. Nowhere in the okay. Bible does it mention God's uh, having righteous anger. You're, in fact, the Bible says you're not allowed to end the day unless you've forgiven people. But people always want exceptions to anger. And that's what I think religions sometimes offer people. Not how to forgive or why to forgive, but, well, let's just look at the exceptions. There is no righteous anger. Anger is anger. And I have to say, for me, anger is probably my second most common sin. It moved down to number one to number two. So I feel really well, good. What's, the, what's number one now if it's number two? I don't mean uh, to no, distract you here, Father Land. Yeah, that's right. Number one is anxiety. Number <laughs> anxiety. two is anger. So, uh, I mean, I can... my joke about being Irish is, you know, it's not my joke, but, you know, the joke about being Irish is that, uh, you know what Irish Alzheimer's is? No. You forget everything but those you're mad at. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, and, like, so you're truly Irish. I can be Irish. In fact, this Irish priest who I just loved, um, he said, oh, in his heavy Irish brogue, he said, oh, we like to put it to song so we don't forget who we're mad at. <laughs> put it to song. All right, so back to forgiveness, Father Len. I think I distracted you here. Well, so with forgiveness, it's smart to define what forgiveness is and isn't. And people often confuse forgiveness with reconciliation. Uh, now, forgiveness is not always reconciliation. Forgiveness is the low bar. Reconciliation is the high bar. Everything is forgivable but not all things can be reconciled. To reconcile with a sociopath 
just makes life worse. If you try and reconcile with somebody who's a sociopath, you're just going to get hurt again and again and again. So with forgiveness, you don't need somebody to apologize for you to forgive them. But you do need somebody to apologize if there's going to be reconciliation. So forgiveness means I'm not going to be trapped in this prison of anger and bitterness and resentfulness. I'm going to be free. Reconciliation means we'll be friends again. We'll be brothers again. That may not be possible. And I think people should just be open with that. There's some people, uh, it's not the time and place for me to be reconciled with them because they could be very dangerous people. Yeah, like, if you're, like if you're a woman who's been raped, you may not be able to or want to reconcile with a rapist. That just that doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah, but you do want to forgive them. So you're not held in this anger. Anybody who's been abused in any serious way, yeah, I think you must forgive. But that's the low bar. And in those situations, that's high enough. Reconciliation means we'll be friends again. Some people... Some sociopaths, you can't be reconciled with. A scorpion is a scorpion. And until they change, I just think that's foolish. So when sometimes when people talk about forgiveness, they're really talking about reconciliation. I'll hold off on reconciliation until things are safe. But I will forgive. Another thing is that I think people uh, confuse amnesty with forgiveness. Uh, Any forgiveness that skips over justice is fake forgiveness. Uh, That's amnesty. Amnesty means, oh, I'm just going to let everything go and not hold you accountable. It's submission to the transgression. It turns forgiveness into the way of the weak and not the strong. So many people, in my experience, also confuse amnesty with forgiveness, that they'll commit some grievance, some harmful agreement, and say, well, you just got to forgive me. Um, And then they go on to hurt again. Amnesty means that you will not hold somebody accountable for what they said or did. Uh, And it's really a form of appeasement in a lot of ways. It's not forgiveness. And like uh, I have just known in my priesthood, some women who have been um, abused by their husband, but the next morning after a terrible abusive fight, um, he'll be sweet. And she offers him, appeasement you know he he offers him him this kind of appeasement amnesty and you just know the fight is going to happen again they've really dealt with no issues whatsoever appeasement is not uh forgiveness it hides anger um to give in to an angry husband and then call that forgiveness and then you have to walk on eggshells for the rest of your life that's not forgiveness uh i Cracks me up. Uh, one of our, um, uh, I told you this, one of our staff members uh, once said to this guy who was just being obnoxious, he came in yelling and screaming and she didn't get upset. But her line was, you're not talking to me in that tone of voice, are you? And he shaped up immediately. <laughs> you know, the other women wouldn't confront him on it, wouldn't even say anything. And they, uh, they really resented this person. The woman who, uh, I said two employees, but the woman who said, you're not talking to me in that tone of voice, are you? There was no resentment in her. She forgave him, but she's not going to be pushed around. Amnesty and forgiveness are not the same thing. She didn't offer him amnesty. She offered him forgiveness. Um, so 
you can feel the kind of the bite of power uh, just with appeasement or amnesty. Forgiveness, you know, to call somebody on it really means that you can also forgive them. Does that make sense? Totally. So you yeah. hold them accountable. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about this prison you talked about. You talked about if you don't forgive, you, you get trapped in this prison of anger and resentment and hate and whatever. Talk a little right. bit about that's that. A, that's an analogy that Jesus frequently uses. So if you say, you know, well, why should I forgive? Well, I guess the first answer is because God said so. <laughs> and Jesus, when he speaks about the why to forgive, he gives us parable, everybody knows that, that this one servant owed, you know, a few dollars to another servant. Um, sorry, take that back. I messed up. I, holy cow, I just messed up that parable. Um, Way to go, Father parables, Lynn. Yeah, I don't really read a lot. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> or read the Bible a lot. So anyhow, the servant owes this huge debt to the master. And in modern terms, it'd be $500 million dollars. And there's no way the servant can ever pay back the master. So the master, um, he lets it go. In generosity, forgives it, right? Now, then the servant comes along to another servant who owes him just a few dollars. And that servant who is forgiven angrily chews out the guy, demands the money, throws him in prison. And so when the other servants tell the master, the master... Uh, is furious and says, I forgave your debt, which would have been a lifetime, 500 million of work to pay back. And you couldn't pass it on. And then the guy who was originally forgiven gets sent to jail and said, you will work it off. So the analogy is this, when you choose to not forgive somebody, you're locking yourself in this prison of anger and hate. So in the Greek, Sometimes when Jesus mentions the word forgiveness, he uses it in the context of freedom. It's a choice between freedom and prison. And a modern analogy would be the Nelson Mandela story. You know, Nelson Mandela, such injustice, thrown into uh, jail for years, uh, horror, had to break rocks, tortured, for decades was thrown into prison unjustly. And he comes upon this realization that the day he gets released, if he doesn't forgive the guards for all their cruelty and hardship and all the injustice that life has thrown at him, the day that he's set free, he'll be carrying the prison inside. That's kind of what Jesus meant. So Nelson Mandela, um, he decided to work on forgiveness when he was in prison so he could truly be set free. I think that's to me, the best analogy of what forgiveness is, is a type of freedom from bitterness and injustice and resentment. You know, um, what, you, what you're really saying, Father Len, is if you don't forgive, you're punishing yourself. You're locking yourself in prison. And that's what Nelson Mandela realized. That's the point of the parable. When you refuse to give somebody else, forgive somebody else's debt, you're the servant who thinks he's the king. Um, or there's another story. I just really like the story about this blonde actress uh, from, I don't know, the 1950s in this interview. And she was working with the uh, producer, Alfred Hitchcock, who, uh, she was this actress, and uh, she refused to sleep with Alfred Hitchcock. I guess he was rather, 
um, notorious for that. And he warned her. That, <laughs> like a lot of other actors, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that um, one guy who got thrown into jail recently? Harvey Weinstein. I guess Alfred Hitchcock was a high Harvey Weinstein of his age. And he threatened the actress that she, he would ruin her career. And the amazing part is when Alfred Hitchcock had his funeral, this actress shows up and he did ruin her career. And she showed up to the funeral. Um, and she didn't show up at the funeral to spit on his grave or anything like that. And they interviewed her, you know, cause after it came out, they interviewed her why she went to the funeral and said, well, no, I'm not resentful. He was a talented director and yes, he ruined my career, but he didn't ruin my life. And in the interview, it became clear that she refused to become a wraith. And the word wraith, we don't use it a lot, but the word wraith connects to uh, actually the word wrath. And its root word means to be twisted by anger. So to call somebody a wraith means that they are just knotted up in anger and resentment. So the amazing thing is, yeah, uh, he could ruin her career, but he couldn't turn her into a wraith. He couldn't twist and contort her nature. She was set free enough to actually even go to the funeral and pray for the guy. That's an amazing amount of freedom. It so, truly is. Yeah, I so, mean, like like she said, like you said, she she didn't allow him to ruin her life. Right. The, the incident didn't ruin her life, and, and, and it could have. She could have hung on to it forever and been an angry, hateful, resentful person all of her life. Right. And so feel no joy. Yeah. And I think to live without forgiveness causes us to become a wraith. You know, we, we too are a living thing, but like any origami or plant or something, you can bend it into these painful positions. I just think forgiveness doesn't allow us to become a wraith. Yeah, the, no, that, that's fantastic. The second thing is, and I have a bunch of these, so one is forgiveness is freedom. That's why you want to forgive. Another reason why you want to forgive is that anger will kill you. Um, this Harvard uh, professor biologist did this whole study on the effects of holding resentment and anger. And every time you remember some offense, your mind is flooded with these stress hormones that over time can damage your brain. Your brain becomes more and more wired to get angry because you choose to remember that offense. And so bitterness, uh, long-term effect on the brain, it makes you dumber. It, it, uh, they've tested people that their problem-solving ability decreases because of bitterness. Anger does not help you solve your problems. Forgiveness reduces the stress and increases frontal lobe activity. With a lot of anger, a lot of your activity in your brain is in your um, reptilian part of your mind. So, yeah, there's, a, once again, another type of freedom. That resentment, it kills you. Or a third reason, that anger and resentment stops you from doing action. People think that anger motivates them into action. That's a little bit of a lie. Uh, sometimes it does. Passion motivates us to action, but anger often doesn't. Um, there's this University of British Columbia study that people who click on uh, posts on Facebook, 
on articles uh, and post things are actually less likely to take an action for social justice. It could be all over the Facebook, but they think they've done their job by clicking on Facebook. And all they've done is made themselves angry. Clicking on what kind of things on Facebook? Oh, you know, like posts on Facebook or giving something, you know, putting something on the web. But but it doesn't... But angry posts, what kind of posts are you talking about? Yeah, angry posts. Okay. But uh, if... It doesn't actually drive you to anger. It drives you to actually to this lethargy of just stewing in bitterness. Anger gives them the perception that they've made some sort of difference by posting something or clicking on something hateful. But your anger will fool you into thinking that you've done something when no justice has been achieved. Without forgiveness, you're still living in this prison of non-action. So it's healthier for you. It's... uh, actually forgiveness motivates you to actually do something or anger makes you better decisions. Um, sorry, anger does not help you make better decisions. Because <laughs> uh, people say, well, you know, I get so angry, then I'll take action. That's not true. Um, anger doesn't lead you to action. Justice leads you to action. Look at the police. If you had a police force and they're in charge of justice, Do you want your uh, police force working off being angry? I don't think that's going to lead any justice in the world. Look at judges. Do you want judges? Do you think they're going to make better decisions if they're angry at everybody else in the courtroom or if they're angry at the world? That's not making judicious decisions. Without forgiveness, you live in this prison of poor decisions. So it's a type of freedom. Also, Forgiveness heals you. There's been tons of studies about the power of forgiveness uh, to heal you. This Dr. Enright uh, has been studying forgiveness for 20 years. And he's from the University of Wisconsin. And he's worked in Northern Ireland and helped train children on how to forgive. And his basic motto is wounded people wound others. That if you haven't forgiven some anger or even really deep hurt of the past, you're more likely to hurt other people. And so like, um, it's a story of this 40 some year old army officer, uh, who has, uh, several broken relationships. He can't keep a girlfriend and he had to work on his anger. And when he was able to forgive his father, and allow him to bury the past, then he was free to really have a relationship and a successful one. Other than that, he's carrying all the anger into every relationship he tries to have. Now, wow. he, did, he did forgive his father, but he didn't reconcile with his father. But all that anger without forgiveness, it ruins every other relationship. It's a type of freedom. So it makes us stronger for more relationships. To forgive means that you can silence that voice of the offender that keeps telling you you're a victim. It keeps telling you you have no dignity. It's forgiveness that silences that voice, not anger. Anger amplifies the voice of the offender inside you. Forgiveness silences it. No, forgiveness is a hard idea. C.S. Lewis used to joke, um, everybody thinks forgiveness is a a lovely thing until they have to forgive somebody else, which I think is hilarious. Um, (laughs) They even did the study. 75% of people believe that God has forgiven them, but only 
52% believe that they must forgive other people. <laughs> you know, the parable of the prisoner, <laughs> Jesus' parable of the prisoner is very true. And yet forgiveness, it not only increases health in your mind, it increases health in your body. They did all these studies with people who hang on to anger and resentment versus those who have forgiven. Those who hold anger, uh, just with pain medication, they require 25% more pain medication. That was a Tulane study, which I thought was really interesting. Um, or heart attacks. Uh, people who are angry versus people who forgive uh, tend to have more heart attacks. Uh, people complain a lot more of being physically tired because they're holding all this anger. Uh, forgiveness people have a lot more energy, blood pressure, chronic anger is really hard on your body. It creates this steady flow of stress hormones that over time increases blood pressure and degrades your body. So ulcers, heart attacks, um, forgiveness can, and they've done studies, forgiveness can reduce your blood pressure, reduce your stress hormones, improve your heart. So why wouldn't you take advantage of it? So I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna oversimplify this, Father Len. What you're saying is forgive or die. Yes. Yes. I, I mean, mean that's I guess that's kind of the bottom line here. Yes, well, that's good. Uh Father Len, uh so I guess you've told us what forgiveness is and isn't, and I think one of the things you said that's really important that forgiveness is not reconciliation. Right. Uh forgiveness is good for our health. It, it frees us really to have a, a decent life rather than being trapped in this prison of anger and resentment and bitterness. Because like you, I mean, I know this because anger is one of my, was one of my major sins. And I know this people who uh, have a problem with anger, they rehearse the injury over and over and over. And each time you remember it, you become more entrenched in that memory. You know, the, Scientists say neurons that fire together stay together. So forgiveness is choosing to keep remembering that angry offense. Um, so like you're just telling, keep telling yourself the story that you are the victim. This person did this. Forgiveness allows you to tell a better story rather than keep the anger alive. You know, it's interesting. You're making me think of my brother who had this just horrific relationship with my dad. I don't even know what the basis of it was or is or whatever. He's never been able to forgive my dad. And he's never really been able to have any kind of serious, intimate relationships. I don't know whether the two are tied together. I um, honestly think they're tied. It's not the only cause, but I think without forgiveness, that anger floods into every other relationship. Like I, I have a relative the same way. Years and years ago, uh, did you ever read the book A Thousand Acres? I haven't. Oh, I regretfully did. Um, I was, uh, tell the story. I was this lifeguard. Regretfully did? Yes. I was this lifeguard. And um, one of my close friends with another lifeguard finished the book A Thousand Acres. And it's about this horrible abuse that's going on in a family and three daughters. And she says, no, no, it's really good. Read it. Well, oh my God, it was terrible because um, two of the daughters choose to live in uh, unforgiveness. 
One of them commits amnesty and just uh, kind of sides up to the abuser, but her life is not complete. The other one chooses anger, but she can't keep a relationship with anyone and dies of cancer. And even on her deathbed, she is still striking at the heart of this long dead father who abused them. And the third one chose forgiveness. And it was horrible because um, even then, I was actually in high school and college, but um, I realized, oh my God, that's true. I know people like that who they're incapable of a relationship because of something deep, dark that happened in their past. That on their deathbed, they will be remembering the one person. And the the book ends with um, the third daughter saying, you know, my legacy to the children she inherited um, is they won't live with this anger. I thought it was a great story about the power of forgiveness. Well, Father Lynn, I think uh, we've really covered the what is forgiveness and why forgive. And maybe we'll come back and do another episode on just how to do it. I don't think it's the easiest thing in the world to do. I don't think I've ever seen a lot of, I don't think I've ever seen a priest or it's not in the Bible that I know of how to actually do it. And uh, I think it'd be interesting if you tackled that. I would love to, but you know, I'm glad we tackled the why first, because once you set your mind on, I don't know how I'm going to climb this mountain. I don't know how I'm going to get over this mountain. But once you decide, I will find a way over the mountain, then your legacy will be one of love, not bitterness. Um, Just the motivation. It doesn't matter um, how deep the wound. I, I kind of think this. People who have been really deeply hurt, who know forgiveness, they also have a much deeper capacity to love. The higher the mountain they had to climb, the more they can see love. So yeah, some wounds are really hard, but I find those people, the ones who once they can climb the mountain, are the most loving, forgiving people of all. Cheap forgiveness, things, you know, people who haven't had many offenses in their life, they really don't know the power of forgiveness and love. Uh, For sure. So... Well, Father Len, so next time we'll, uh, we'll work on the, the how you forgive. And I hope you'll join us next time as we continue our journey, climbing the mountain of life, searching for truth and meaning and purpose in our lives. And in the meantime, if you have a question for us that you'd like us to grapple with about faith, religion, and life, we'd love to hear from you. Just head over to our website, wwgshow.com. That's wwgshow.com. Click on the questions button. Thanks for listening. See you next time.